Hello, welcome back to Yesterday Today, the show that brings you the best of yesterday's radio today. I'm Jake Westbrook, and by my side, faithfully, as he is every week, is the scrupulous McLean Westbrook. Hmm. And just what do you mean by scrupulous? You know, uh, thorough, organized, uh, attentive to detail, you know. Uh, by the way, what's uh, what's that in your hand there? Oh, the the ticket I got the other day for parking in front of a fire hydrant. I didn't even see it there. They really ought to make those things more noticeable. That's a good idea. They could paint them uh, bright red or something like that, you know? So, now that's an idea. So what color do they paint them now, anyway? Beats me. Anyway, getting into our show today, if you pay attention to such things, you might notice we're in a, uh, we're in a bit of a special time for any, uh, young scholars out there. Oh, are they finally forgiven student loans? No, actually, I'm talking about the halfway point of the spring semester. I mean, depending on your college, I think. I, I went to a college where it, they broke it up by it was fall, winter, anyway, not important, not important. For a lot of schools, it's the halfway point of the spring semester, and midterms week is just finished up. So we're paying tribute to, to that this week, the, the college student of America, the, the hopeful young mind waiting to be filled with knowledge. Well, it's settled. I'm dropping out of college and living as a hermit in the woods for the rest of my life. Ah, uh, here's one of our hopeful young minds now. Oh, hey, Sydney, um, you have a rough midterms week? Oh, no, I'm still having a rough midterms week. My last test is due tonight. Due tonight? Ah, Jake, I forgot your generation did school entirely in person. They let you take tests online now. I'm not that much older than you, McLean. It's just, oh, online school. It's all, everything's silly. Just, now, now I'm just annoyed. <laughs> I need your guys' help. If I want to finish this test by the deadline, i got to start in the next hour. And I don't know anything about the material. Seems like you should have gotten on top of this earlier in the week, Sydney. Well, I'm a procrastinator. It's one of my quirks that makes me a lovable side character. Yeah. Well, Sydney, I don't think your fiancé would like marrying a hermit living in the woods, so I... Yeah, we can help you cram for your test. Well, what's the what's the course? What's the subject? Oh, it's an uh, introduction to fine arts. Yeah, perfect. Fine arts. That's a breeze. You just throw around big words and, and assign meaning to a bunch of random shapes. It's a piece of cake. Wow, really? Oh, yeah, I spent enough time in higher education to get the hang of all that bump and bupkiss the intelligentsia throws out. Whoa, what about all that stuff about institutions of higher learning filling young minds with knowledge and all that? Exactly, I was using the same bunk and bupkiss they do. Now, Sydney, I'll get the show started here, and we'll, we'll get you through this. I'll, I'll help you out, don't worry. All right, folks, in honor of the college student, uh, I think a little music to study by is appropriate to uh, start the show off, and more specifically, you know, music the college student would have listened to back in the 1930s, late 1930s. So I've, I've been thinking about featuring a different orchestra or, or band or artist on the show every, every time we do music on here. And this week's artist is Bob Chester and his orchestra. I know, I know, don't get too excited. Okay, he's not, he's not very well-known big band leader, you know, not, not quite Glenn Miller, Tommy Dorsey levels. There's a lot of, like, smaller mid-range big bands of the era, where it's like, you know, they, they, they were popular, but they didn't exactly make their mark on history the way, say, Benny Goodman or Artie Shaw did. And Bob Chester was one of those. He was uh, late 1930s, early 1940s, kind of a brief period, had a, had a few radio broadcasts. Uh, I believe he was included, actually, on the uh, 1939 recording by the Library of Congress, the uh, full day of radio station WJSV. I think he was one of the remote broadcasts included in that, but yes, Bob Chester and his orchestra today.
What have things come to? I mean, I used to be a college professor, and now I'm lost. Sydney, that, that was a scam, remember?
breaking out at the seams, they should be new. And have I got the bargains, you lucky people, you? Here's a hollyhock scent makes a lady or gent feel well-to-do. And the price fits your pocket, you lucky people, you. Then here's a green velvet landscape, and to prove I'm no rogue, I'll add a smart-looking rainbow like you see pictured in Vogue. I've a wonderful buy in a wraparound sky of moonlight blue. And it's yours for a love song, you lucky people, you.
It was night on the Thames Stars were shining like gems You and I kept a rendezvous On Waterloo Bridge As we stood in a dream Gazing down at the stream How I thrilled at the touch of you On Waterloo Bridge Those moments we share I'll keep them apart Forever and great in my heart But I'll always remember you on Waterloo Stronger 
Welcome back to Yesterday Today. We're paying tribute to education here on the show in honor of midterms week being over as Jake attempts to tutor Sydney in fine arts before he takes his last test of the week. Now remember, Sydney, you don't actually have to have any concrete knowledge of any topic whatsoever. You just have to speak the same language that the academics do. I thought this was an art class, not a language class. No, I mean, you just have to sound like them. Look, if they ask you about a painting or something, you just have to go on about how the, the colors in it make you wonder about the artist's socioeconomic status, or, like, how the quality of the canvas makes a statement about oppression faced by those on the margins of society. You know, stuff like that. But the, the midterm's about architecture, specifically. Architecture? Yeah, classical architecture. It's one of the fine arts. Uh, okay. Well... Just talk about how there's no such thing as objective beauty, and that modern buildings challenge the status quo of what's considered good architecture by not adhering to traditional standards. Yeah, that's, that's good. And it's a multiple choice test. Multiple choice? I was more of an essay kind of guy when I went to college. Um, what's a hypo style? That's one of the questions in the study guide. Hypo style? I, um, it's a style of... Hypos. It's, uh, Roman? I, I don't... What about flying buttresses? Flying buttresses? What is that, a hockey team? This course is starting to sound a little harder than you expected it to be, Jake. Well, since when were tests about knowing facts and stuff? When I was in college, they had me write essays. I, I could write an essay that went down so many rabbit holes the professor would forget what the prompt was and just give me an A because I used enough big words. Well, you took English courses. Writing bunk was sort of a requirement. Hell yeah. Look, I gotta know this stuff if I don't want to become a crotchety old prospector living in the woods, guys. Right, right. Don't worry, Sydney. We'll make sure you know the material. Just let me get the second half of the show going and, and we'll get back to it. All right, folks, up next is a uh, little-known show, um, as long as we're on the topic of obscure things today. It's called The Fabulous Dr. Tweety. It ran for eh, about... Summer, about a year. I think it was a summer replacement for the Jack Benny show, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's about a college professor. The uh, The backstory was that uh, Dr. Tweedy was a tenured professor of philosophy at his previous college, but he got fired because he kept flunking the star players at the school football team, and so he ended up teaching at Potts College instead. So, anyway, here's an episode of The Fabulous Dr. Tweedy with Frank Morgan. By the way, just as a sad note, there's not a lot of episodes of this show out there. I think there were about 43 in total in the series, but only about 11 of them have been found. So, you know, it's... Well, you you never know what people will dig up in the future, though. The Fabulous Dr. Tweedy, written by Robert Riley Crutcher with Harry Bonzel and starring Frank Borgers. Thaddeus Q. Tweedy, Doctor of Philosophy and Dean of Men at Potts College, is a devotee of the bassoon. It is a musical instrument which is extremely difficult to play. Dr. Tweedy's old English sheepdog, Baldy, wishes it were impossible. Baldy, stop beating your head against the wall. My bassoon playing isn't that bad. And stop sneering. You look almost human. Now, you sit here beside my chair, and I'll play you some beautiful music. Now, listen. 
shortening bread. <laughs> Who's Nelson Eddy? I can see it now. The Metropolitan Opera Company presents Caruso Baldy. With all that hair, you'll be perfect for the Barber of Seville. <laughs> Why, Miss Kitty Bell and Colonel Jackson, won't you come in? Thank you, Dr. Tweedy. Now, Brother Beauregard, now, yeah. I'm so excited about your marvelous idea of performing a little old musical group. Yeah. But we were talking about it while Beauregard was having his Miss Julep. Yes. He's had only one. He's turning over a new leaf. Yeah, I know. A mint leaf. <laughs> Dr. Tweedy, Sam, I purchased a new set of mint julep glasses. Yeah? They're two feet tall. <laughs> my, my, my. One of those and you don't have to hunt for a lamppost. You just lean against the glass. <laughs> a delightful drink, sir. While making it, you drop in a mint leaf every six inches. Oh. And when the two-foot glass is full of that delectable fluid, you dust just a suggestion of powdered sugar over the top. Oh, dear. And then when you drink it down, you know you're really living. Yeah. And everyone else thinks you're dead. <laughs> well, that's the nicest way I can think of to go. And if I go, I can take it with me. <laughs> It's going to be so much fun having these little musical evenings. I just love classical music. My yes, favorite I... composers are Rachmaninoff, Prokofiev, Tchaikovsky, Rimsky, Korsakov, Shostakovich, Stravinsky, Mussorgsky, and Hoagie Carmichael. <laughs> uh, uh, what are you going to call your little old musical group? Uh, the Tweety Chamber Music Society. Now, let's bring in Miss Kitty Bell's harp from the porch. Mrs. Apopolis will be here any minute with our flute. Hmm. My, it's dark out here. Yes, my porch light is burned out. Yes, look out, Colonel. The harp! Your nose! You, you, you... Well, the harp's out of tune, but my nose is a perfect C-sharp. <laughs> now, Dr. Tweedy, if you'll sound your A, Beauregard will tune up his silver cornet. <laughs> Mint tulip. I shouldn't have drunk the last four inches. Yeah. Well, uh, Colonel, the wind from your cornet is tarnishing my bassoon. Would you mind blowing the other way? <laughs> now, let's tune up. One, two, three. Oh, everything, kiddo, here's a populace with her hot flute. Let's jam up the joint. <laughs> Jam the joint. Uh, well, certainly, twiddle my twiddle. I love to twiddle my flutle. <laughs> yes. Well, notice how much my bassoon playing has improved in the last few weeks. Twiddle, 
you did something with a sweet bastoon you've got. <laughs> That's gorgeous. Well, I haven't started playing yet. My finger got caught in the valve. <laughs> <laughs> now, Mr. Poplar, sound your eight. I'm all puckered up and ready to let fly. Yeah. Stand back, Swiddle, or you'll get a shower bath. <laughs> oh, dear, Mrs. Apopolis, I'm afraid you're flat. Now, wait a minute, Scott, not so fast. <laughs> Apopolis has got perfect fit. Yes, of course you have. <laughs> and uh, you have a delightful tremolo. <laughs> well, a little touchy. Keep talking, I love it. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Poplar, did you notice that you have several full notes here? Notes for you, too. <laughs> Let's play. First rehearsal, the Tweedy Chamber Music Society has come to an end. Thank heavens. Uh, oh, Welby, I didn't see you standing there. Where's Baldy? Out in the backyard. He dug a hole and buried his head in it. How is he breathing? Doc, if I knew that, I'd have buried my head, too. Oh, dear. Poor Baldy. I'll have to get him some earmuffs like you're wearing. Oh, Doc, I, I come in to tell you Mr. Potts is at the back door. Oh, well, thank you, Welby. I'll go see what he wants. Good evening, Mr. Potts. Tweedy, yes. I came to see you because I have a big problem on my hands. How is Mrs. Potts? <laughs> Who cares? Well, I don't know. I just... No. <laughs> this is a new problem. Yes. Tweedy, it's my duty as chairman of the board of trustees to see to it that we have a good basketball team. Yes. Three weeks ago, we suffered a very humiliating defeat at the hands of Bullfinch. Oh, but our boys put up a great fight. Once they even got the ball. I thought it was a moral victory. We held them down to 85 points. To our... Nothing. <clears throat> this morning, the Army discharged one of the finest basketball players in the country. This afternoon, he enrolled here. Tomorrow night, Bullfinch will get a big surprise. They will? Yes. Uh, Dribble! Oh, Dribble! Come over here! I, uh... Oh, no! That's the biggest surprise I've ever seen! <laughs> What is it? Uh, I mean, who is it? Tweety, this yeah. is Dribble Jones. Dribble he stands Jones. seven feet two inches in his stocking feet. And when he plays, he wears built-up tennis shoes. <laughs> Dribble, this is Dr. Tweety. Where? Here I am, down here. Oh, down there. Hi, Dr. Seedy. I've... It's Tweety. Thaddeus Q, Ph.D., Dean of Men. Tweety, yes. I want Dribble to stay here with you until the game tomorrow night. Yes. Take good care of him and see to it that nothing happens to Dribble. No. We can't win without him. Don't you worry, Miss Potts. I'll take care of everything. He can double up with Sidney in his role. He'll have to double up. Uh, nothing is going to happen to Dribble. Well, if anything does happen to him, you'll have me to face. Oh, what a 
horrible thought. Yes, well, keep it in mind, Tweety. Yes. Good night. Good night, Ribble. Good night. Don't worry about the game, Mr. Potts. It's yes. in the bag. Yeah. There'll be good news tomorrow night. Yes. Well, good night. Where's your luggage, Dribble? All I've got is this basketball. I'm a dribbling fool. Say, that looks like fun. Let me try bouncing it. Sure. Here's the ball, Dr. Petey. Yeah. The name is Tweety. Is this the way you do it? Ow! Hey, that's pretty tricky dribbling. I never saw anybody bounce it with his face before. Well, I didn't mean to. Now we'll pretend the front of the garage there is the basket. Now, just watch me sink this shot, Dribble. The garage moved. Where'd the ball go? It's over there. In the second-story window box next door. Oh, I could ring the doorbell and tell Mrs. Popolis there's a basketball in a flower box. Oh, no, I guess it's late. Uh, boost me up, Dribble. Ouch, Dr. Giddy, you're standing on my ears. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll step down to your shoulders. Uh, here's the basketball nestled in the dead petunias. Riddle, my sweetle, the second story man. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, we've not... Uh, good evening, Mrs. Apopolis. Uh, I thought you were in bed. How romantic. <laughs> through the dead petunias. Well, it's a bit embarrassing. You see, I was looking for a basketball, believe it or not. <laughs> I don't make excuses, sweetle, don't you, Wussy? I love it. Just like Romeo and Juliet. You're kidding yourself on my balcony. What are you standing on? A tall friend of short acquaintance. <laughs> I'm coming, Mrs. Apopolis! I heard some noises and called Colonel Jackson. I didn't know it was you out there. Oh, how sad. You're looking at an unhappy Greek. You're looking. Oh, he's coming with dueling pistols to save me. So long, Dr. Weedy. No, Dribble, don't run away. Don't leave me hanging here. Oh, I'm hanging here. Don't worry, Mr. Populist. I'll kill all four of those men hanging from your window. Four men? Oh, no. He's had another two footmen jeweler. Balls of fire! Before Frank Morgan continues, here is...
Dr. Frank Morgan as the fabulous Dr. Tweedy. Last night, things were pretty much up in the air, including Dr. Tweedy. Today, Dr. Tweedy's manservant, Welby Skinkle, is telling his very dear friend, the houseboy at the Phi Beta Quota fraternity house, all about it. Boy, Timothy, I want to tell you about last night. As soon as I finished the iron and I rushed right over here to the maternity house. <laughs> Sit down, Welby, and tell me all the juicy details. Yeah, okay, but I can only stay a minute. There was more... Hey, what are you doing with them long needles? Oh, I'm knitting myself a sweater. <laughs> so I'll be warm and cozy when we go out to play in the snow. <laughs> Yeah, well, you got the perfect shape for a sweater, too. <laughs> well, let me tell you about last night. I hear someone yelling. I rushes out, and there was the doc hanging from Mrs. Apopolis's window box on the second floor. Oh, heavens to Betsy. Go on. Well, <laughs> Colonel, Colonel Jackson is shooting off his dueling pistols, and the doc was scared stiff. Oh, mercy. I'd be scared, too. Yeah, well, he wasn't scared of the colonel. That Mrs. Apopolis was trying to drag him in the window. Uh, <laughs> oh, nuts. I got so excited, I dropped a stitch. <laughs> I didn't hear nothing. Well, I dropped it. <laughs> But that's enough of this gossip. We've got work to do. What? Mr. Potts wants you and me to guard the athletic trophies in the administration building. He's afraid the bullfinches will swipe them before the big game tonight. Oh, yeah, I remember. Like they done three weeks ago. Ah. Well, let's get going. I got my wheelbarrow parked in front of a fire plug. I don't want to get no ticket. <laughs> well, B, we can stop for some refreshments on the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's cold out. I could use a slug of antifreeze. You know something? What? I found an old Pierce arrow. No! Yeah! <laughs> Nobody has drained the antifreeze out of that radiator since 1926. Oh, boy! <laughs> Vintage stuff! Yeah! Hey, where's the pliers and Dixie cup? And here you are, Welby. Yeah. And just in case those... Bullfinches try to steal any trophies tonight. Here's our baseball bat. Oh, boy, give me that bat. Let me show you what I do to one of them guys. Here, turn your head a little bit. Hmm? Don't move. That, that's right. That's it. Well, what are you waiting for? Go ahead and hit me on the head. I just... Oh, nuts. Timothy, I just bopped you. Oh. Now it's my turn to pretend I'm defending the trophies. Yeah. And the first one that yells out is a sissy. Stick out your hand. <laughs> well, look at me bounce. <laughs> it must be them rubber heels I'm wearing. <laughs> yeah, well, now it's my turn, Timothy. Here. Hold your head still. Now. Do you hear that little bird singing, Welby? I'm a nature lover. I'm crazy about birds. Wait. I'm getting a little headache. Must have been something I had. 
But I don't hear no bird. Turn your head a little bit more and you will. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Timothy, now that's beautiful. <laughs> See the boys? No, I see nothing but stars. Let's practice defending the trophy some more. Yeah, okay, I love them boys. waiting for me to come home. What have you been doing? Oh, yes. Well, it's late, and Sydney isn't home yet. I'd better turn on the lights in the living room. Dr. Sweetie! Oh, Mary and Sydney. I'm sorry. Uh, Sydney, your nose is bleeding. Oh, no, it's lipstick. Uh, what are you two doing sitting in the dark? See, Dr. Tweedy, I got this wristwatch for Christmas. Yes. It has a radium dial you can see in the dark, and Sydney and I wanted to see what time it was. Oh, well, what time is it? Gee whiz, Dr. Tweedy. Uh, we were talking. Well, I didn't hear anything. I must have come in during a lull in the conversation. Well, what we were talking about was, a couple of weeks ago, the kids from Bulls and Shoes saw our athletic trophies, and we're afraid they'll try it again tonight. I remember how mad that made Miss Potts the last time. Why don't you two go get them and bring them here for safekeeping? Gee, Dr. Tweedy, aren't Mary's lips beautiful? Uh, yeah. Uh, would you mind turning off the lights on your way out, Dr. Tweedy? Oh, yes. Would you mind turning off the lights on your way out, Dr. Tweedy? We only have an hour before the basketball game starts. Yes, I understand. You have so much to talk over. I'll get Dribble to bring the trophies over here. Dribble, is that you out there in the garage? Yes, Dr. Tweedy. <laughs> Hmm. Well, what I'm playing with a little gopher, you know, the, the school mascot. <laughs> oh, that's little Philbert, the gopher. How are you tonight? <laughs> yeah, you like being out of your cage, don't you, Philbert? Oh, <laughs> Isn't he a cute little rascal? Come here, Philbert. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> he bites you. I know it. He always bites <laughs> Oh, look, now he's sorry. He's licking the wound. <laughs> Ow, he bit me again. Let me hold him. Yeah, but keep him away from your basketball. He might chew it. He might bite the... Oh. <laughs> he bit it. Oh, dear, where's Philbert? Oh, there you are. Blew you right back in your cage. That'll teach you to keep your big buck teeth out of basketball. Basketball game, athletic trophies, dribble. I want you to go over to the administration building, get the athletic trophies, and bring them here. I want to be sure nobody steals them. But what if somebody thinks I'm stealing them? I'm new around here. Oh, there won't be anyone guarding those athletic trophies. That's why I want to lock them up in my garage. Just be very careful and don't get into any trouble. We need you to win that basketball game. Those trophies are as good as in the garage right now, Dr. Needy. Good. And I'm not needy, I'm seedy. I mean, I'm seedy. I'll meet you at the game.
Rangers who's going to win this basketball game. Let's start off with a pop skyrocket. <laughs> Silver's a gopher in his new uniform. Yellow jersey and purple trunks with a hole for the tail. And little tiny tennis shoes. Take him away. <laughs> Have you seen Dr. Tweedy? Uh, sure, Mr. Potts. There he is, coming in on the other side of the gym. Oh. Dr. Tweedy! Did you hear that, Miss Potts? They cheered me when I came in. Are you sure it wasn't the bullfinch cheering section, Tweety? What a thrill, Mr. Potts. Tonight, we win our first basketball game at last. Potts triumphant. Ah, yes. This is a great day for Potts yes. and a personal triumph for me. That's right. I was shrewd enough to enroll Dribble Jones. Mm-hmm. And tonight, those bullfinch kids won't steal our athletic trophies again. No, I've seen to that. No, I've seen to that. Yes. I ordered Welby and Timothy to stand guard over them. You know what they do to anyone who tried to take them? Yeah. <laughs> They've each got a baseball bat. <laughs> they have? Oh. They've each got a baseball bat, and I sent Dribble Jones over there. Oh, no! Queenie! You didn't! Yes, you'd be surprised. I did. My brand new tall center. Yes, sir. After they get through with him with those baseball bats, he'll be a foot shorter. Yeah. Excuse me, Dr. Tweedy. Uh, will you hold Felbert? I have to help Mary lead the next year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. What'll I do with him? Uh, here, here. Philbert, get into this big wooden box. Yeah. Tweedy, this is too much. I can't stand anymore. Well, sit down, Mr. Potts. We want trouble. We want trouble. We want trouble. We want trouble. Potts, Potts, Potts. We want Dribble! Yeah. We want Dribble! Yeah. Here comes Dribble now, and he's as tall as he was before! Hi, Dr. Sidney, those yeah. trophies are safe in your garage, and I'm sorry I'm a little late, because I stopped to watch a couple of guys standing beside the trophies beating each other over the heads with baseball bats and talking about birds. Oh, dear. Welby and Timothy play so rough. They didn't yeah. even see me taking the trophies. Never mind, Tweedy. Give dribble a ball and let's start the game. Certainly, Miss Potts. Nothing can happen now to stop this game. Where are the basketballs? They're all in that box right there. In there? In yeah. that box? Well, we'll take one out. And uh, in that big wooden box? Yes. But I put Phil with the gopher in there. He bites basketballs. Oh, no. Oh, no. I've done it again. Mrs. Apopolis, you brought it. Yes, your basketball. You left it in my flower box last night. Oh, Mrs. Apopolis, I could kiss you. Well, let's have it, Twiddle, my Twiddle. Bucker up. Oh, no. Thank you, Alden. We'll be back in just a minute. The first here is... Frank Morgan appears by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of the Technicolor musical Till the Clouds Roll By. Here again is Frank Morgan with his thought for the week. My topic for today is horses. Fast horses, that is. But no horse can go as fast as the money you bet on them. Which brings me to my thought for the week. Bulls and bears aren't responsible for nearly as many stock losses as bum steers. Oh, dear. Good night. Good night. <laughs> 
Frank Morgan Show came to you from Hollywood. This is the United States. Welcome back to Yesterday Today. We're wrapping up our show as Jake and Sydney just wrapped up a last minute study session. Yep, Sydney is in the other room taking his midterm online right now. And man, we really, we really had a lot to cover in that study session. So many cathedrals and arches and domes. If I never see another facade again, it'll be too soon. Well, all that was the easiest part. Now Sydney really has to buckle in and take that test. Midterms can be long and hard. He could be in there for hours. Hey, fellas. D- Sydney, what's the matter? Sh- shouldn't you be taking your midterm? Oh, I just finished. Just finished? You were in there for like ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you what happened. I opened the online test, and I was ready to give it my all. Unfortunately, I happened to hit the exit button by accident, and um, it submitted the entire thing without me filling out a single question. That's terrible. D- didn't it have like a, are you sure you want to exit window pop up when you click submit? Oh, it did. I, uh, I just panicked. I, I, I kind of hit random buttons when I panic. It's not, it's not good. Surely you could email your professor and ask him to let you retake it. He could see that you didn't even get a chance to answer any of the questions. Well, that's the thing. I was just about to do that, but I got an email from him first. He said he looked at my test results and, and he saw that I, I left them all blank and, uh... He said he had never been so challenged as an educator before. By leaving every question blank, not only did I challenge his authority as a professor, I called into question what objective truth even meant. By declining to answer even the easiest true or false question, I refuse to intrude upon or contradict what some might consider to be their own personal truth. And, and, well, he wants me to give a guest lecture in the class next week. Huh. I guess things haven't changed that much since you were in college after all, Jake. Uh, I guess not. Well, now that that's been taken care of, I'm gonna go goof off. See you later, fellas. Starting to think the whole college system might be a giant scam. If you want more yesterday today, you can visit kisu.org or wherever you get your serious, educational, academically focused podcasts. Ignorant boy, that's but think of the joy that he starts. His work requires no knowledge, so he can do it by using intuitive art. He just says, You two kids start falling in love. I ain't got brains, but I reigns over all his parts. Love never went to college. Never had teaching, yet he keeps reaching.